Let's get into some good things today. We want to go to Exodus 15 is where we'll start. And uh, we've been on this subject of a covenant of healing for a number of weeks. And uh, we'll continue to look at this. And uh, we've talked about this uh, a number of times about what you always have to believe about God. And uh, you always, or what he said, and you always have to believe, number one, what God said about himself. What did God say about himself? Uh, you know, I've, I've learned people will say, you'll hear people say, they'll say, well, experience is the best teacher. Mm, that's wrong. Because experiences can be wrong. Uh, ever, ever what it may be. Uh, you know, a five-year-old's experience with traveling from here to Kansas City is different than mine. To a five-year-old, it's the longest trip in the world. To me, it's six hours. I mean, that's just the reality of it. And uh, so someone's experience, especially where God is concerned, is, uh, is uh, not the barometer for you to gauge what God will do. And I have to go to his word. I have to look at what did his word say? What did God say about himself? And uh, then I always have to believe what God said about his word. What did he say about his word? And um, if God can't lie, and he can't, Titus 1-2 says he can't. Malachi 3-6 says he doesn't change. Uh, Numbers 23-19 says he cannot lie. So what did he say about his word? What did he say concerning his word? I've had people say, well, I, I did that and it didn't work. Wrong. Sorry, that's wrong. Because that's not what God said about his word. Now, God never said that his word will work for everybody. And people look at me funny. He said his word will work for whoever believes it. I've got to take serious what he said concerning his word. So his word... Uh, believe what he said about it, and then always believe what God said about what he will do. What did God say he would do? Uh, you know, there, there are people that believe different things about what God said that he would do, but what did God say he would do? That's, you know, uh, uh, I've, I've had people pretty much say, you know, if, if you don't do this and you don't do this, you know, there used to be an old saying in church, God's going to get you for that. Well, I'm, God never said that. God never said he was going to get anybody. He got Jesus for all of us. I mean, that, that's, that's the key. If, G, if Jesus suffered, and yet I need to suffer, then his suffering was in vain. Why did he become sick if God's going to use sickness? Now, that sounds simple, but if you don't learn to ask those questions, health can be fleeting. Because some of the things we're going to deal with today, there are people that, that uh, uh, believe, you know, at a certain time in life, you just, hey, things just have to go a certain way. You know, things got to go downhill. I mean, actually, I'm not, you know, not a spring chicken anymore. <laughs> well, what in the world does healing have to do with chickens? That's, that's just a way of saying there's things I'm going to put up with because in my mind I'm old. 
And when you get old, there's just things you got to put up with. The rocking chair's on the way. The drool cup's on the way. You know, the jello's on the way. The old folks' home's on the way. Now, we laugh about that, but that's killing people. People are dying because they get to a certain age and they figure, I got to go downhill. And they're not sinners. There are Christians that are sitting in good churches that are losing their life today because somebody told them, you're at such and such an age, and what do you expect? This is what's going to happen. Well, see, they don't know what God said. And if they had an idea of what God said, they'd stop saying what they say. Amen. Glory. Sick, sickness makes me angry. And it makes me angry because it's, it's the, the devil uses it so effectively in the lives of people. And he'll start something in one member of the family, and then every family member will just put up with it and accept it because it runs in our family. Heart disease runs in our family. Diabetes runs in our family. Cancer runs in our family. All the women in our family get cancer. And now you've got people that are having their young daughters have mastectomies when they're 19, 20 years of age because after all, you're in our family and you're going to get breast cancer. You, you see what I'm saying? And they just put up with it. And, and the enemy steals, kills, and destroys people's lives, and we have the answer. So we can't, we can't start thinking the way that the world thinks or that non-believing Christians think and, and, just, and just put up with things. Amen. Exodus 15 and verse 26. This is the Lord speaking to the children of Israel, and he said, if you will hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his sight and give ear to his commandment and keep all of his statutes, I will place or I will allow none of these diseases on you that I brought on the Egyptians. Notice, he says these diseases have come on the Egyptians, and he says why they won't come upon them because I'm the Lord that heals you. I'm the Lord that heals you. All right, the sicknesses came on them, but they won't come on you because I'm the Lord that heals you. All right, this is important because the way that's written, most of the time people read it, well, they won't come on you because I'm the Lord that heals you. He's emphasizing something. The, the sickness, the the sicknesses that he's talking about were judgments. And he says these judgments, these sicknesses that came on Egypt, they won't come on you because I'm the Lord that heals you. You're my covenant people. If you don't learn to make a distinction between you and the world, not just where sin is concerned, but with anything involved in the fall. Sickness came because of the fall. Jesus came to right that ship. He came to take it back to the place that it was before the fall. Hallelujah. Now, the problem with a lot of people is they're living 
under a covenant that took things back to the way they were, but they're living like they're not living under that covenant. Hallelujah. See, this is where the personal responsibility comes in. I've got to make a decision. He's the Lord that heals me. And so I'm drawing the line, and I'm going to stay on this side of healing. All right? So I am is that blank check. I am is whatever you need me to be. I am that. A very simple illustration is I am a father, I am a husband, and I am a grandfather. All right, so I am what my wife needs me to be as a husband, I am what my kids need me to be as a father, and I am what my grandchildren need me to be, period. I am the El Shaddad granddad, amen. Hallelujah. But I am, blank check. What, what you need God to be. Then he fills it in for us. I am the Lord. I am Jehovah that heals you. And that word Jehovah is the self-existent one, the one that exists by himself. All right? And uh, uh, Deuteronomy 7, we'll look at it in a minute, but he said, I am, the, I am the Lord. I am God. All right? I'm God by myself. Now, understand something. The reason that's so important for you to see this is God needs no one to make him God, and God needs no one to make his word good except him. God's word is not good because it worked for someone. It worked for someone because God's word's good. God's word is not truth because it worked. It worked because it's truth. God doesn't need, any, God doesn't need anybody to be healed for him to be a healer. He's not healing to prove he can heal. He's healing because that's what he wants to do. He's healing because he's a healer. Jesus didn't heal anybody to prove he could heal or to prove that he was the son of God. He healed because that was God's nature. That was Jehovah Rapha in action. Jesus said, the works that I do, the Father does them through me. He says, the Father in me does the works. All right? So the John 1, 1, John chapter 1, excuse me, says that Jesus, it says no man has seen God at any time. And then it talks about Jesus, but the Amplified Bible says no man has seen God, but the Son has revealed him, interpreted him, brought him out in the open where he can be seen. So yes, the physical man, Jesus, was laying hands on the sick, but according to Jesus, God was healing them. Why? Because that's his nature. So when he says, I am Jehovah, I eternally exist as your healer, this is important. One translation says, I am your ever-living restorer. So if God is ever-living, I can be ever-healed. Now this is important. Not get sick and get healed. Get healed and stay healed ever-living restorer. Another translation says concerning this, I am the Lord your healer or physician. I am he that is able to heal you and help you in body and soul and keep and preserve you from all hurt and misery present and to come. 
Hallelujah. So he'll heal me and notice, preserve me from all hurt and misery present and to come. So anything that I may be dealing with, he'll heal it and he'll keep me away from it. Keep it away from me. So he heals, he restores, and he preserves. Glory to God. Exodus 23 and uh, verse 25. You shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and water and take sickness from the midst of you. There shall, shall nothing cast their young or be barren in your land. The number of your days I will fulfill. Hallelujah. The number of your days I will fulfill. I'll hear people say, they'll say, they'll make statements like this. And, and understand, I know what they mean, but I really know what they mean. All right? They'll, they'll, they'll tell somebody 20 years old, well, you're not promised tomorrow. Well, where's that written? Where is it written that a believer is not promised tomorrow? Chapter and verse. Quote it to me. Thus saith the Lord, you're not promised tomorrow. Well, in terms of getting saved and getting born again, of course, you don't, you don't know when your life, you could live 60 more years. But you need to get the account settled now. Right? Because in reality, you don't know in that state because there's nothing to claim. How can an unsaved person claim long life? They don't know anything about it. So if they, if they have no protection and no promise, that they're open, they're open to everything the enemy brings into their life. You and I should not be saying, we're not promised tomorrow. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. It says his compassions fail not. Amen. I am, I am promised a long, satisfying life. I'll show you from the scriptures. Amen. So, but notice he says, the number of your days I will fulfill. How is that possible? Because he'll take sickness from our midst. There'll be nothing to rob it. There'll be nothing to take it. One translation says, I will banish sickness from among you. Woo. The Knox translation says, I will keep sickness far away from your company. Another translation says, I will keep you free of sickness. Amen. Sounds like, his, sounds like he wants to keep it away. Sounds like he wants to heal us and keep us healed. Is that right? Amen. Glory to God. See, listen, you need to, to eat right and to do right and to be healthy. But understand something. This, this is so important. I will hear people talk about certain things. And, and listen, I'm, I'm all about that. I, I have regimens in my life. I mean, I'm, I'm all about doing the right thing and eating the right thing and being healthy. But here's the thing. You got to understand something. You don't ever want to put a natural thing in the place of being the answer. Because you'll hear people and they'll say, well, you know, now don't, get, don't misunderstand me. I am not advocating for anything or against anything. I'm, that's not my business. My business is the word of God where you're concerned. 
But here's the thing. You'll hear people say, well, you don't want to eat white bread. Don't eat white bread ever because this is what it'll do to your body. And, and it'll, like a piece of white bread is going to overcome the power of redemption in my life. Now, I'm not telling you go eat the whole loaf or eat things that you know is going to hurt you, right? I knew a guy one time that had sugar diabetes, and if there was anybody that loved sweets and, and, and he just ate like he didn't have sugar diabetes and then wonder why he's sick. Well, you can't do that. You can't have sugar diabetes and eat a piece of pie every day and cake and, and just act right. You just can't do that. See, this is so important. But here's the, here's, the, here's, the, here's the thing on the other hand. If that's not a problem for you, that piece of pie is not going to overcome redemption. Now notice I said that piece of pie. Right? Not the pie. Right? Some people take a pie and say, I only had one piece, but they only cut it in four pieces. So the quarter, right? But here, here, do you understand? So that's not going to overcome the power of redemption. He said he would keep it from us. And notice the number of your days. See, I need to keep that in my spirit. I need to keep that out of, coming out of my mouth. The number of my days God will fulfill. The number of my days God will fulfill. Amen. Hallelujah. In uh, Deuteronomy 7. And verse uh, 12. Wherefore it shall come to pass, if you hearken to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord will keep unto you the covenant and the mercy that he swear unto your fathers. So notice, God will keep the covenant and the mercy that he swear. The covenant was God's idea. Nine times in Genesis 17, he called the covenant his covenant. And he said it was an everlasting covenant to the descendants of Abraham. And Romans chapter 2 says you are a descendant of Abraham as a believer. Amen. So notice, God will keep it. And verse 15, and the Lord will take away from you all sickness and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt that you know on you, but will lay them upon all them that hate you. Oh, glory. So notice he'll keep the covenant. And part of that is he'll take away from you all sickness. Now, here's something I learned in eighth grade English. All means all. There's not one sickness that's not included in all. Now, who would say, would, who'd, who'd the Bible say would take it away? The Lord, based on what? His covenant. All right, let's, let's review. Can God lie? Can God change? can't right if his word's truth if he says it that's it that's how it is so he said he would keep the covenant god can't lie so he'll keep the covenant 
He said he would take away from us all sickness. God can't lie, so he'll take away from us all sickness. See, a covenant mindset is a requirement for strong faith. Once I, once I gather this, it becomes easier to receive from God. Ever what you're dealing with in your body, in, in, in the church, or what you may be dealing with watching online, understand when I say this. This, this is not making light of the circumstance, but it is to show you something where this is concerned. It's no big thing to God. It's people that rate sickness. If somebody wakes up with a sniffle and you say, oh, uh, how, how, how you doing? You sound like you don't feel good. I just got a little cold. I'm okay. Right? Just, just got a little allergy. Now, but here's what I'm saying. Notice how they rate it. That's eh, nothing. But then if the symptoms increase, oh boy, I don't know. I might have something more in a cold. Well, why? What, what changed? See, that, that it's man that rates it. God looks at all of it as an attempt of the enemy to destroy as evidence in Jesus' ministry. It says when, and when he healed Peter's mother-in-law and rebuked that fever, it said that then all night long people came from the city. The whole city came and gathered at the door. And it says he healed every manner of sickness and disease among the people. Wait, he healed every manner. All right, Jesus was laying hands, but who did Jesus say was doing the work? The Father. The same Father that spoke this word in Deuteronomy 7 and said, I'll keep my covenant and I'll take all sickness from among you. How do we know he can take all sickness? Because Jesus healed all manner of sickness and disease among the people. And Jesus didn't have to try harder to heal this than this. There were times he said, whoever touched him was healed. So it wasn't in categories. Okay, all y'all with colds, come touch me now. Whoever, the woman, the, the woman with the issue of blood. You know, we don't know what that is other than she was losing massive quantities of blood. She was dying, and she touched him and was healed. Amen. There are other times that the Bible says multitudes gathered together, and he healed them with his word. All of them. Multitudes. An innumerable amount of people. They did not know how many people were there, but they were all healed. Why? Because he said, now, now think about this for a moment. You got to follow this line of thinking. Who, who were most of those people that Jesus was healing? Jews, Israelites, Hebrews. Why? Because that's who Jesus came to. The Bible says he came to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, came unto his own, his own received him not. But we have a covenant by being brought into it. But here's the point why was he healing them? Why were they being healed? Because God had a covenant with that group of people. God has a covenant with you. This includes you. Hallelujah. 
So, one translation says, Jehovah will keep every disease away from you. One I really like says, the Lord will keep you from having any kind of illness. Hallelujah. Now see, there are people that believe, well, you know, you just, I mean, there's just things you just put up with. I mean, after all, it's no big deal. Well, that's like a woman in a marriage saying, well, you know, or a man saying, well, you know, it's no big deal if I look. I mean, I can look at the menu as long as I don't take anything home. Well, we know that's wrong. We know that's wrong because of what Jesus said. We know that's wrong because it violates covenant. Right? So here's the point. If he said he'll keep you from having any kind of illness, why not just believe that? See, what you accept will override what God says. The plan and the will of God is dependent upon what I accept. Hallelujah. Because it, it comes down to a personal choice. Well, I want to be healed. Uh, uh, wanting to be healed and choosing to be healed are two different things. Because wanting says you don't have it. Choosing, it says, I have it. I have chosen healing. That's it. I've chosen healing. So, so that settles the issue. Amen. It's important to see that the, our healer can heal us and keep us healed. The God who heals has the power to sustain that healing. And it's vital that you keep that in your heart and keep it coming out of your mouth. Hallelujah. P.C. Nelson said this. He said that more people lose their healing over a counterattack from the devil than any other reason. Now, what, what, why is that important? Because the enemy will try to bring things back but your job is not only I'm healed, but and he said he would keep it away from me. Look at uh, Deuteronomy 34. Oh, hallelujah. Deuteronomy 34 and verse 7. And Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was not dim or his natural force abated. Do you see this? 120 years old when he died. One translation says Moses was 120 years old when he died, but his eyesight hadn't failed and his strength hadn't diminished. Now, there are people that you know and I know, they'll read that and they'll say, but that was Moses. 
Right. That was Moses living under an inferior system. Right? But notice, he's going to die. Now, why did he die? Why did Moses have to die? Well, number one, they're at the end of their journey. They're about to go over into the promised land. And at the waters of strife, when he struck the rock, God said, you're not going. Now, think about this. He didn't die sick. Because it says his his strength was not diminished. Well, well, what happened? Well, God took him. He just laid down and died. No, God didn't kill him. God received him. Now, think about this. He's 120 years old. And his eyesight hadn't failed and his strength hadn't diminished. Here's the question. Had sickness been kept away from Moses? Think about that. Folks, I've been studying healing for decades, decades, and I'm seeing it clearer now than ever before what God wants for his people where their health is concerned. It had been kept away from him. Hallelujah. That group of Israelites that eventually died in the wilderness, you know there's no evidence they died sick. They died because of disobedience, not sickness. Do do you see this? Number one, how do I know that? God had a covenant with them that he would keep them healed. But they kept disobeying God. What was the condition to the covenant every time you read it? If you hearken to my commandments and do them. This is what will happen. What's your part of the covenant? Faith and obedience. And so he said in Hebrews 3 and 4, he said the reason they couldn't enter in because it was because of their unbelief. And, and, and they roamed in the wilderness till they died. But sickness had been kept from them. The only time you see a plague on them is when they disobeyed God. And then when they would repent, what would he do? He would come in the camp and take it away. You understand? So here's Moses marching up the mountain, 120 years old. Eyesight hadn't diminished. Strength hadn't diminished. So there's the only reason he died was he couldn't go into the promised land. Glory to God. See, what robs you of your vitality? Sickness. People say age. Wrong answer. Sickness. Sickness and disease. What if you could live all of your life with no sickness? Hallelujah. Well, you can. You can. According to Scripture, you can. Look at Joshua 14. Now, this is an account that very often uh, people minister from, and it's uh, generally taken uh, another direction, but I want you to see something. Genesis 14, 
verse 10. Of course, this is when they've come into the land of promise. And uh, Joshua and Caleb are having a discussion about this mountain that Moses had promised him. But I want you to see something. Here is, now remember, when, when you read through this, you find out that uh, uh, Caleb says that he was 45 years old when they started that journey. All right? And he picks it up here in verse 10. And, and now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said. Now notice, the Lord kept me alive as he said. What was Caleb depending on those 40 years in the wilderness? What God said. As he said, these 45 years, even since the Lord spoke this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. I'm 85 years old today. As yet, I am as strong this day as I was in the day Moses sent me. When did he send him? 40, 40 years behind. He was one of the ten spies that went over into the land of promise. So he was 45 years old when he went over in the land of promise the first time. That was when he first saw that mountain and when Moses promised it to him. And he came back out and wandered in the wilderness for 40 years with these people. Notice, as my strength was then, so is my strength now. For, to, for war, for war, I can fight just as good today as I could then. To go out and to come in. One translation says, here I am today, 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as I was the day Moses sent me out. My strength for battle and for daily task is now as it was then. Hallelujah. Now think about this. But what do you hear people say? Not just sinners. I'm talking to Christians. You hear Christians say, well, you know, the mind's the first thing to go. Ho, ho, ho. That's deadly. You're talking yourself into dementia. You're talking yourself into a failing mind. That's important. When he said in the King James to go in and to come out, that means daily business affairs. I can take care of my own business. I can fight just as good as I could then, and I'm as sharp as a tack. Glory to God. See, why is this important? Was, was sickness kept away from him? See, if I can see it in the Bible, I can reach for it. Amen. Do, do you think sickness was kept away from Jesus? I think so. Well, that was Jesus. That has nothing to do with anything. Has nothing to do with anything. The Bible says he was a man like we are. He was subject to temptation just like we are. Other translation says human frailties. In other words, he had to believe God. 
doesn't take away from his perfection. He had to believe God. Amen. This is important. Because if Caleb can say, I'm still as strong today as I was at 45, at 85, what can we believe for? Hallelujah. And he, he even had no medicine. Glory to God. Amen. Now look at Psalm 91. Hallelujah. You know, I've done some studying on it. And, and right now, the oldest person in the world is 115 years old. And still takes care of herself. See, people are, are living long. We want to live long and strong. Amen. We lay hands on you today. That's what we're going to believe God for. Psalm 91. And notice here, verse 16. He's talking about the man that dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Notice this. With long life. Will I, here, here, there's some key words here. Will I satisfy him and show me, show him my salvation? Now, satisfy and salvation are key words here. With long life, so he says long life or length of days. Will I satisfy him now? Hang on and look at this then. Then that would mean that short life is not satisfaction. You've heard people say, oh, that person didn't live very long, but my goodness, they lived a full life. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Not according to Scripture. Amen. You know, it, it's going to take more than 30 years for you to do what God wants you to do. Now, Pastor, you know, but I'm, I'm older now. Okay, you might be older, but you're not ready to be retired. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, this is important because the minute you start thinking, the minute you start thinking, I'm too old, you open the door for sickness. Hallelujah. You'll hear people say, now, I got to be careful with this because I'm not, I'm not a person that believes in being, uh, uh, Lord help me say the right word, foolish. But, but you'll hear people say, well, you know, I can't bring mama to church because after all, mama's old and, you know, she might get something. Right? After all, you know, once you get to a certain age, your immune system just doesn't work the way it used to. I mean, you know, you, you understand? Did, did the Bible say that? See, whatever the Bible doesn't say, I don't have to agree with. It's important. Hallelujah. 
So he said he will satisfy. With long life will I satisfy. That word satisfied means to be fulfilled or to fill to satisfaction or have plenty of. Long life. You'll have plenty of long life. And said, and I will show him. Now notice that the thought cannot be disconnected. Long satisfying life is a showing of God's salvation. That's the word completeness, wholeness. The word mashalem, shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. See, that goes with the covenant promises that he made us in two other places. In Exodus 23 and Deuteronomy 7, he said, there will no, nothing among you will miscarry. There won't be shortness of life. Why? Because there's nothing missing and nothing broken. Hallelujah. Yeah, but if you don't get sick, wouldn't you live forever? Nobody's going to live forever except in heaven. But there's not one scripture verse that says you got to be sick to die. Not one. Not one. Hallelujah. You just get ready to go and go. Hallelujah. So, a short life is an unfulfilled life. One translation says, he will fulfill him with length of days. Look at Psalm 103. This is where we get over here that uh, you, you, you just got to look at what the word says. You know, I'll caution you about something. Don't. Don't be asking people questions like, do I look old to you? I'll hear a husband say that. Honey, do I look old? What are you going to do if she goes, yes? Right? I mean, think, think about that. that. That's the thought process. That's the thought that's in my mind. You see a, a spot on your body or... Or feel something in your body. And what's your thoughts immediately start? I wonder if that's, you fill in the blank. I wonder if that's this. And I, and I wonder if that's, and I have a feeling in my body. Oh, I wonder if that's this. Oh, I wonder if it's come back. Well, God, God said, I will keep it away from you. So it's not God saying, wonder if it's coming back. That's the devil. And he's given you a thought that will be followed by an opportunity that will be followed by an action. Because the way you think is how you start preparing and it's how you start acting. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, Psalm 103, verse 5. 
talking about the Lord redeeming our life from destruction, crowning us with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good, good things, for what purpose? Now see, very often when people read this, they don't read it in, in the context. Why does he satisfy your mouth with good things? There's a word there. So that. Isn't that right? So that your youth is renewed as the eagles. So people will quit. Yeah, you know, the Lord satisfies my mouth with good things. For what reason? So your youth will be renewed as the eagles. Now here's the question. Is this the Bible? Is this truth? Did God say this? Well, do you believe God or not? Because he said that he satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. Mm. One translation says, he makes you strong like an eagle, restoring your youth. Now, did he say that? So here's the question. Can youth be restored? Well, you know, Pastor, now I just... No, did it say that? Because if it said that, it can be. But what do you hear people talking about? What they can't do. Well, I can't do that anymore. After all, when you're 60, you can't do what you did at 30. You know what? I believe you. Because you'll have what you say. I believe every word you just said. Amen. But that same person, if they hear you say, bless God, I'm as strong today as I was 40. Can you believe he's saying that? As strong today as he was 40. Can you believe that? Ah, he's one of them name it and claim it. And isn't it funny? Every year they talk about how they can't do what they did last year. And they're less and less able. And here you're more and more able. Oh, hallelujah. Another translation says, He makes me feel young and strong like eagles. Oh, glory to God. Now, I'm not overemphasizing this. I'm, I'm trying to help you with this. I want you to see. But you'll hear people say, well, you know, I didn't know you could have so many aches and pains. I guess it is true what they say. I'll hear, I'll hear Christians say this. Oh, you know, getting out of bed in the morning. Oh, that's just a chore once you reach my age. I'd just as soon have to roll out of bed and lay there and pray in tongues 30 minutes to get moving as to say that. Because you'll shorten your life. Because when, listen, when a person gets to the place that they are so tired of what they're facing, they will give up. And once you give up, then it's open season for the enemy. Hallelujah. I, uh, I, know, I know this. I was, uh, uh, had a family member that was diagnosed with congestive, congestive heart failure. And uh, 
uh, I was talking to them about it, and, and I uh, was talking to my pastor about it and, and was explaining the situation. And he made this statement. He said, well, you know, Philip, there are people that they live a long time with congestive heart failure. And, and the reason he was telling me that was, you know, if they'll grab a hold of the word, they can overcome this. It's not necessarily a death sentence. To that person it was. I, I was there. I was in the doctor's office with them. I was in the doctor's office. And their primary care physician said to them, this person been a minister all their life. And, and their primary care physician said to them, said, you know that you will never preach again. You just can't. And you know, that person died a couple months later physically, but they died in that office. Amen. They, they could have grabbed a hold of this. Right? He makes my strength, he makes me feel young and strong like eagles. Listen, if you're going to live well, you've got to overcome sickness. If you're going to live long and strong, you're going to see a lot of other people get sick and go to heaven. But you don't have to be one of them. Glory to God. So notice, if my strength is gone, he can restore it. I say, if my strength is gone, he can restore it. Look at Mark 3. Let's look at a couple things from the ministry of Jesus. Mark 3, verse 1. And he entered into this, again into the synagogue, and there was a man there that had a withered hand. And they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. And he said unto the man that had the withered hand, stand forth. And he said, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they held their peace. And when he looked round about on them with anger, now wait a minute, he's angry. Do you see Jesus angry? Did it say he looked at him with anger? Why did, they look, why did he look at him with anger? Because they didn't care about this man. They didn't care that this man was sick. Do you see that? So if sickness makes you angry, you're in good company. He looked at him with anger. He was grieved for the hardness of their heart and said to the man, stretch forth your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored whole as the other one. Now, this is not something this man was born with. This is not a, 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 a birth defect. This happened to him somehow. All right? We, we know that because of the verbiage, but we know that because words mean what they mean. It means that that, that word withered means to waste away, to dry up, to wither. So at one time, it wasn't dried up. It dried up. It withered away. Do you see that? It dried up. It withered away. One time it was strong and it became this way. 
But notice something. Jesus said, stretch forth your hand, and he stretched forth that hand that had wasted away, that had dried up, that had withered. And notice, it says, it was restored whole. The word restore means restore to its former state. Words mean what they mean. So that hand was strong and well at one point, and somehow, for whatever reason, it withered up, it dried up, but Jesus restored it. Hallelujah. So your strength can leave, but Jesus can put it back. Glory to God. Amen. And that's why you don't want to be talking about how old you are. How you can't do this and you can't do that. Well, yeah, I, I used to walk a lot, but you know, when you get my age, you better quit that. If you don't quit that, we'll be pushing you. I'm, I'm not being ugly, but listen, in these classes, I'm going to tell you what, there's so much sickness and disease rampant in the world, I don't have time to try to be extra sensitive with everything that I say. Sickness is not God's will for your life. God wants it out of your body and out of your family, and the Word of God will drive it away from you. Amen. you got to make the decision right now. I'm going to take care of myself. I'm not going to be at anybody's mercy. Nobody's going to have to push me around, carry me around, help me do. I'm going to live long and strong, and I'm going to bring glory to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I've already told my kids, y'all don't ever have to worry about putting me in a home or coming to live with you. I don't, oh, I will not do that. Amen. Glory to God. And, 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 and not because my kids are mean. It's just, my Lord, I like, I like my freedom. Amen. Do, do, do you see what I'm saying? But there, there are people in their 40s preparing to not be able to take care of themselves when they're 60. No, you're made up of that stuff that's still going to be taking mountains when you're 85. You're made up of that stuff that's still going to be preaching and prophesying and laying hands on the sick and helping people come to know the things of God. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. My mother will soon be 80, and she's traveling all over Kentucky preaching the gospel, traveling by herself. Well, why don't you stop her? You, you try to stop her, right? She'll whoop me and you. I remember one time, oh, I was maybe, oh, Jesus, maybe 15, I guess 16, and I've been taller than my mother since I was 12. Y'all met her, she, her head's, well, she's, she's shorter than Mary. And so, you know, so that Mary and my mom just proved that dynamite comes in small packages. But here's, here's the point. Uh, this was about the time that, uh, you know, it, 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 it was in the news that, you know, kids were uh, trying to get their parents in legal trouble for disciplining them. Anybody remember that? And we lived in a small town in West Texas. We lived in Texline, Texas, population 386 people, 387. And uh, I remember uh, one day, I don't know, you know what got into me, but she, she told me to do something, and I was kind of lagging around. She said, you better get in there and do that, or I'll, 
I'll get you. Actually, her words were, I'll tan your hide. And I, I just turned around and I said, you touch me and I'll call the police. And I turned around to walk off down the hall and she grabbed a broom. One of those big, thick kitchen, you know, it's back when they made brooms with wooden handles. And whack, came right down across the back of my head and laid me out. And I was laying on the ground, and she looked at me, and she said, You ever call the police on me, you better hope they never let me out, because if they do, I'll kill you. <laughs> Dear Lord. Amen. One time I told that story in church, and you were sitting beside Barbara Sheffield, lady in the, in the Kansas location, Miss Barbara. She was probably then close to 70. I guess, and she looked at Brother Jim and said, sounds like my kind of woman. And I thought, well, dear Lord, couldn't get any help then, can't get any help now. She could have killed me and just told God she found me there, I, you know. But my point in saying that is, is there's no slowdown, there's no let up. Amen. Your hair might get gray. You might, not, you might have wrinkles where you used to not have them. But that doesn't mean that you can't do what God's called you to do and do it long and strong. Amen. Glory to God. Am I helping you? So was the man's hand withered away? Was it dried up? Are, are, are you there? Was it dried up? Did Jesus restore it? So can he restore our health? Can He restore our vitality? Can He restore our youthfulness? Yes, yes, a thousand times yes. Because that's what He does. Now, look at Mark 11. We're about done here. Oh, glory to God. Now, I'm not suggesting you hit your kids with a broom. All right? Hallelujah. But, Mark 11, and notice uh, verse uh, 23. Truly I say to you, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his house, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you'll have them. So there's two things involved here, believing and saying. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he saith, he'll have whatever he says. So I have to say what I believe. Now, that's big in our circles, and it should be. Uh, you got to keep your words right. It's true. you gotta, you got to say what you believe. But right on the other hand, you got to believe what you say. See, you can't, you can't say that you believe God's your healer and talk about how old and run down you are. Well, the Lord's my healer. But, you know, once you reach my age, I mean, what do you expect? See, so you got to say what you believe. The Lord's my healer. And you got to believe what you say. Amen. See, that's important. That's important. I've talked to people 55, 60, and they look at me and say, well, you know, when you, when you get old like me, 
I, I, I saw somebody the other night three years older than me. Three years. And I thought, what in the world? Couldn't even get around. Now, there could have been something wrong or, or whatever the case, but here, here's the thing. You're, you are deciding, you're the deciding witness about how this is going to go. Amen. Oh, my joints are aching, but you know my aunt had arthritis. My cousin Sophie, you know, she has arthritis. And you know, you know what they say, it skips a generation sometimes. And so it might be, isn't it interesting how people know how it works? Well, it, you know, it might skip a generation. After all, I mean, Aunt Pauline had it. Right? This doesn't skip generations. This is a covenant that God said was mine for eternity. As we get on, in the, well, I'm not going to talk about that. But the, but, but the point is, it covers every generation. Jesus said that you have to not only believe what you say, what you believe, you've got to believe what you say. So I can cancel out what I say I believe by saying what I believe. See what I'm saying? Somebody will say, well, I, I'm, I'm the healed of the Lord. I don't know why. Every, every year at this time I catch this. I thought you were the healed of the Lord. Don't, 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 don't prepare to catch it. Right? Mm. Let's look at one last verse. Deuteronomy 30. We'll be done with this. Then we're going to pray. Oh, hallelujah. I was preaching along these lines one time, and somebody, somebody talked to me. A lady was in the church, and she told me, she said, you know, I hear you preach like that, and I just think nobody can be that perfect. No, nobody just believes God that much. Okay. You know, I had a guy tell me one time about us pastors. He said, he, he, I was telling him something, and he said, well, you know, pastor, I'm not like you. I have to work. And I told him, I said, uh, well, I'd be glad to have you follow me around every day and just see, you know, because, you know, but here's the thing. When that lady said that, nobody can believe God that much and, and that, really? Well, you can come live with me if you want. Because when I got a hold of the word of God, I had nothing. My life was nothing. I had no way of getting my children healed. I had no way of changing circumstances in my life. When I got a hold of the Word of God, my life changed. So for you to tell me that nobody can believe God like that, you're a little too late because that's how I live. Amen. Deuteronomy 30 and verse 19, notice, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, 
Choose life that you and your seed may live. Now, that's where most of the time we stop. Don't stop. So that, there's a colon there, so that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cleave unto him, for he is your life and the length of your days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swear unto your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob to give them. So I got to choose life. And then he said that he wants me to live that I may love the Lord and have long days. I got to choose it. Well, how do I choose it? With my words. I choose to live a long life. You know, I have a family member and they just talk doubt and unbelief. Nothing you can do about that, is there? You and I can agree to we're blue in the face. And if they're going to keep talking about how sick they are, they get what they say. They don't get what you say. They get what they say. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to pray today. We're going to lay hands on whoever would like hands laid upon them. And uh, we have a covenant that says we'll lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. Oh, hallelujah. Father, thank you today. Thank you, Lord, that as the word has went forth, healing has been the result. Thank you that as we lay hands upon those that desire hands to be laid upon them, that the tangible healing anointing that is upon my life will enter into their body and it will affect a cure. And it will drive out sickness and disease, and the result will be wholeness and healing. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. If you'd like hands laid upon you today, you can come forward, and we'll certainly do that. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory be to God. Glory be to God. Thank you, Father. Oh, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Behold. Oh, dear sister, there that went. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Shh. Oh, affecting a cure. And it shall be, and it shall be, and it shall occur. In the name of Jesus. Osha, Osha, Esha, Mashe, Isha, Umememe, Ishe. Oh, my shake. Oh, that's strong. 
Oh, that's strong. Okia, okama shaka, oka shekeka kamasho. Oof, oof, oof. Leave now and don't come back. Osha, Osha. Woo! Ha! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Oh! Hey! Thank you, Lord. Father, we have we are in agreement. We are in agreement, and Father, I just thank you. Lord, for meeting them where they're at. In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, glory be to God. Glory be to God. What a strong anointing. Glory to God. Those watching online, God bless you. I just speak the healing power of God to you in the name of Jesus. That you would be healed and well and whole in the name of Jesus. Every part of your body, every part of your body. And I keep hearing that in my spirit. You're watching online and you say, but it's the last stages. And this is what I feel led to say. You're exactly right. It is the last stages. It's going to go. It, it, uh, there it went. There it went. If you are watching online and you're dealing with cancer, you, however you're watching, on your phone, on your computer, on Roku, on the, the app, however you're watching, you reach out and touch that, that device. That's your point of contact. Oh, Lord, I feel that, that anointing flowing. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I deal with that cancer, as you said to me, as the foul offspring from the pit of hell. You cease in your action in that person's life. You leave their body. Leave it now. Exit. Exit right now. Die. Crawl on your belly. In the name of Jesus. Be healed in Jesus' name. Glory be to God. I believe God. I believe God. Thank you, Father. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Father, we receive today. We receive our healing. We receive our vitality. We receive our strength. We receive our youth renewed as the eagles. And it shall remain and it shall endure. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Remember to keep the switch of faith turned on. And build your faith and frame your world by the word of God. Before you go, don't forget April 4th. April 4th, we'll be with uh, Prophet Ford at Reality of the Gospel Ministries. I'll be ministering at 10 o'clock, 10 a.m. that Monday morning and 7 p.m. that night, uh, Healing and Prosperity Crusade. So definitely want to be there if you can. God bless you.